G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Paul says that if we sow to the flesh, we shall from the flesh reap corruption. Now note that, he doesn't say we will reap destruction from God, but from the flesh. God will never condemn or destroy a believer. We are joined to Christ and we can no more be punished by the Father than Jesus himself can be. But sin has its own reward. If we sow to the flesh, a harvest of destruction is inevitable. For example, if a person becomes addicted to alcohol or drugs, it will ruin his body. If a person is contentious with others, he'll have few friends and will keep destroying what he's trying to build. Paul says this, don't be deceived about this. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. If we sow to the flesh, we will reap a bad harvest. If we sow to the spirit, we will reap and experience life in its abundance. Dear friend, it may be that you have been sowing to the flesh for a long time. If so, no doubt you have reaped a harvest from the seeds you have sown. But from this moment, you can begin sowing to the Spirit and experience the abundance of His life. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Well, we've covered a lot of ground this week on Walking in the Spirit. Hello, it's Phil here, and with me is author and pastor Ken Legg. And uh, Ken, what you've just said, God's way of dealing with the flesh is not to go to work on it or try to reform it, but to walk in the Spirit. Yeah, the flesh will be with us until the day we die or until Jesus comes to take us home to be with him. So the flesh is incapable of being reformed or maturing. We need to understand that. It always will possess the same potential for evil. Now, God's answer to the flesh is the Spirit. If we don't understand that, then we're going to try to deal with sin and the flesh in unbiblical ways. Mm. We've probably done a lot of that, and uh, maybe you can give a few examples. Okay, well, um, I I think we've kind of um, been so frustrated with this thing called the flesh that we've tried to deal with it in things like crisis experience. Now, what I mean by crisis experiences is if 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 you study church history, there have been times when people have come up with doctrines of what we call sinless perfection. You can actually have this experience of the Holy Spirit where sin is eradicated from you forever and you never sin again Mm -hmm. after that. Well, that just isn't true and it isn't biblical. Uh, Maybe more in recent times, we've tried to deal with it in those crisis experience on the altar call. You know, we invite people to come through and they're really struggling with uh, the flesh and they're so frustrated that they, they just think that maybe if somebody prays over them, the power of the flesh can be broken. Now, We don't need a crisis experience. We need a truth experience because the Bible says that we've already received everything that pertains to life and godliness. Mm. So the crisis experience is is not the way to go. And then, of course, we've gone through that phase uh, in some churches anyway where every problem's a demon. So, you know, okay, if if you're behaving in a way that you're not very proud of and you want to kind of put behind you, blame the demon and have the demon cast out of you. Um, but of course, we know that you can't really cast out the flesh. It's not. It's not a demon. It's the flesh. Mm. And, and uh, again, that that's not a, a successful way of dealing with the problem. Um, if you go back, you know, a fair way in in church history, some people have tried to deal with the flesh by afflicting the body. 
they think if we, you know, really are tough on our body, like flagellating our body or fasting for long periods of time, then we're giving the flesh a hard time and, and kind of pummeling it and, and beating it and keeping it under, you know? Mm, kind of denying the flesh. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But, you know, actually it does the opposite. It focuses on the flesh and the more attention you give to the flesh, the, the more it's going to be prominent in our lives, you know? What about people who say, let go and let God? Yeah, well, again, that sounds good, but it's not biblical. Uh, what it's suggesting is, look, oh, I can't deal with this thing. Let God deal with it. I'm powerless. So what that's saying then is actually Jesus has not set us free from the power of sin. So sin will have dominion over us until God deals with it. Now, if that's the case, Phil, then that means that God is responsible for my sin right now because he just hasn't dealt with it. Mm. But when you look at Paul's doctrine, he says, no, he has dealt with the power of sin, and uh, we can walk in the victory by the grace of God. Okay, so they're not the way to uh, deal with them from God's mm. perspective, but the Spirit is. Yeah. <laughs> Let me give you an example here, Phil. I, I remember I was teaching on a series of, you know, uh, the flesh and the Spirit. And I don't know if you know, but in Galatians chapter 5, you know, he, Paul lists all those different aspects of the flesh. You know, the works of the flesh are adultery, fornication, yep. contention, heresies, and so on. There's about 17 of them. And I, I did this long series on the works of the flesh and, and, and walking in the Spirit. And so every week I take a different aspect of the flesh. And I remember this lady said, saying to me after about the 12th week, oh, no, not more flesh. <laughs> but then, you know, it was years later that I realized that I actually was suffering from what I call spiritual dyslexia. I was looking at the wrong thing. Paul says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts or the, the desires of the flesh. I'm going to war on these aspects of the flesh. I'm naming them, saying, come on, let's not do these things. Let's rise above them. But what Paul says is, walk in the Spirit, mm. and you won't be available to, to, to you know, deal with these, uh, to, to experience these aspects of the flesh. It's like as if we're focusing on the problem rather than the, uh, the fix to the problem or even the, the root of the problem, you know, God's answer. Yeah. And all it does you know, to fix it, but you're actually just compounding it. Yeah. Um, Paul said, let's put it another way in biblical language. Paul says this, don't present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, okay, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So here I've got members of my body, my tongue, my eyes, my ears, my hands, my feet, you know, and, and I can either present those to sin or to righteousness. Now, I can't present them to both at the same time. And what Paul says is, if you will present these members as instruments of righteousness, guess what? They're not going to be available yeah. for sin. Do you remember Bob Dylan wrote um, uh, an album once, you know, because he was supposedly convert converted, and he wrote this album called Slow Train Coming. Yes. And on that there was a song called You're Going to Have to Serve Somebody. It may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. How true it is, but you can only serve one person at a time. So if you serve the Lord, you're not serving the devil. I say this, don't fight the darkness. Don't spend, a lot of people spend all their time fighting things, fighting you know, issues and, and, and so on. But hey, let's turn the light on. And when we do that, the darkness is, is going to go. So I guess really what you're saying is don't focus on the problem. That's the key. Yeah, exactly. Let me give you an illustration here. I may have even shared this on a previous program, but I think it's a good illustration. Let's say 
looking at myself in the mirror and I see this shirt that I'm wearing, I think, oh my goodness, this is so old, it's so faded, it's so worn, I'm embarrassed. Like, how long have I been wearing this and not realised just how daggy it is, you know? So I go to the shop and I find a new shirt and I think, oh wow, this is really beautiful. So I go into the changing room, right? And and before I take the old shirt off, I'm looking and I think, oh my goodness, this is shocking. I am just so embarrassed. How long have I been wearing this? I wonder what people have been saying, you know, when they watch me re- uh, wearing this shirt. Mm. And I'm going on and on about this old shirt. Is that what normally happens? Of course it isn't. I'm in this changing room. I'm taking this old shirt off without even thinking about it. Why? Because I want to put on the new shirt. It's the it's the fact that my, my focus is on the new shirt that causes me to take off the old without even thinking about it so that I can put on the new. That's what I'm saying. And you would think it would be pretty easy for us guys because we generally can only think of one thing at a time, Ken. (laughs) (laughs) You've got an unfair advantage, haven't we, I think, you know. That's exactly right. So let's just wrap this up, Ken, and change track just a little bit. We've been talking Mm. about us walking in the Spirit this week, but what about our attitude to other Christians who we see are walking according to the flesh? Yeah, let's talk about somebody else's flesh now. Um, we've <laughs> talked about our flesh all this week, haven't we? So what about if we do see another Christian who's walking according to the flesh? Now, actually, Paul, when he gave his teaching on you know the flesh and the spirit in Galatians 5, he goes over into chapter 6 to talk about this very thing. He says, look, if you see somebody else, like a brother or a sister, overtaken in the trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. And I think that's a great note to end on. He says, look, you've had your struggles with the flesh and, and there's more to come. That's the Christian life. But if you see somebody else struggling and walking according to the flesh, be very compassionate towards them and treat them as you yourself would like to be treated. What a great way to end this week, Phil. that brings us to the end of our series this week hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one until then remember you don't have to carry that baggage god wants you to be set free for books dvds small group studies and other resources from ken leg and details about ken's ministry visit the vision christian store at vision.org.au that's vision.org.au